Speaking of blessing our hearts, Tammy's going to come and speak. Can I pray for you? <laughs> I, I'm going to pray for Cammy. Lord, we thank you so much for our wonderful friend, Cammie. We thank you that she has been such a blessing to our community and such a blessing to Summit. And Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in her life and, and what you have in store for her in the future. Lord, I thank you for what you have spoken to her heart, her heart for us today. Would you speak through her? And God, I pray that there'd be such a peace and calm about uh, within her that she would just speak so clearly and with such great boldness of what you've placed on her heart. And Lord, as recipients, would we hear your voice voice and respond to you as you speak to us. Amen. Hey guys. Um, I'm Cammie. Uh, I'm in the not-for-profit program. Um, I don't really know a lot about business, so if you have any questions, probably don't ask me. Um, and I really liked how Daphne was showing pictures of her and Brad, and so I brought a picture as well. And you may be thinking, Cammy, that's so silly, you put a picture of your brother up there. That's me. So, so, uh, the prank's on you. Next picture, please. <laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite movies, and I have been talking about it a lot recently to all my friends, is this movie called The Thief and the Cobbler. Um, I'm just going to give you a quick recap of the plot. So um, we have that guy in the gray, kind of. Um, his name is Tack. He is a cobbler, which means he fixes shoes. All right? And then we have the thief, who's that um, like greenish guy. Um, that's just what he does. He steals things. He likes gold. Um, and then we have Zigzag, who's that blue guy. And then we have Princess Yum Yum, uh, <laughs> the Sultan, and One Eye. So pretty much what happens in the movie is, is, um, can I sit down? Is that okay? Sorry. Um, okay, so pretty much what happens is Tack gets in a little bit of trouble with Zigzag. Um, he one of he carries tacks in his in his mouth, and it rolls out, and he steps on it. He gets in trouble. He goes to jail. But thankfully, Princess Yum Yum needs a cobbler to fix her shoe, so he doesn't go to jail, and he becomes Princess Yum Yum's permanent cobbler. So, in another plot, One Eye is coming to destroy the town, but it's being protected by these three balls on top of a temple. But then the thief comes and steals them. So now they have no protection. So now one eye can come and, you know, destroy it. So then Tack and Princess Yum Yum, they go off on an adventure to go find this witch who's going to tell them how to win this fight. And the witch goes, all you need is to attack. So they get back and they try to attack one eye, but it's not quite working. Um, so... And there's this big scene where Tack is like, not attack, but a tack. So he like throws attack and you know the whole ship comes to an end and somehow that that really destroyed the entire the entire thing. I don't know how. And then at the whole time the thief is collecting these three balls so that now he can go back. Well, actually he just wanted them, 
But um, then he like gave them to the Sultan to protect the town again. But the thing that I love most about this film is not the plot. Also, you might have been thinking this sounds a lot like Aladdin. Um, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing I love most about the movie is the small things that happen throughout it. Um, the thief, you can hear his thoughts throughout the whole thing. Uh, and so he's the funniest character. Would recommend just, just that one. Just listening really to all his thoughts. Um, it's also, every frame is hand-drawn. So it took them 29 years to produce uh, with a world record. Yeah. So um, because the person, one man, drew the whole movie. Um, there's optical illusions throughout it, which is insane. Um, and there's just so many small things in it that makes it so much better. And that's kind of how I saw Joshua 10 when I read it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so there was a lot of small things that we see in Joshua 10, um, but they are overlooked if we just look at the big things that are happening. Now I'm going to pray. <clears throat> God, thank you that I have this opportunity to come up here and talk and to preach. And I pray that my words will be clear and that we'll all learn something here today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm going to give a quick recap, just as I did of the movie, of Joshua 10. Um, so we learned that in, in our past weeks, um, Israel destroyed AI. Then Gibeon was scared. So then they came in and they uh, created a peace treaty with Israel um, because Joshua did not check with the Lord before that. So then they couldn't destroy Gibeon anymore. So in Joshua 10, um, it's the king's, the king of Jerusalem is now worried because Israel has now taken Gibeon. They have this power of the Lord on their side and it's, it's powerful. So they're scared. So the king mails a letter to four other kings. And he's like, hey, guys, I need your help. Um, Israel has taken all these cities. Gibeon has signed a peace treaty. What if we went and we took Gibeon so that now Israel wouldn't have that kind of support there? The other kings were like, sure. Then Gibeon mailed a letter to Joshua and was like, hey, man, so you kind of signed a peace treaty with us, which means you kind of have to come and help us now. So Joshua and the Israelites traveled all through the night to get to Gibeon before the kings could destroy. And the Lord sent them into a huge confusion, the, the uh, other guys, not the Israelites, um, threw hailstones down at them. It says that more... Men were killed by hailstones than they were by sword, which is pretty cool. Then Joshua, <laughs> Joshua um, prayed to the Lord for the sun to stand still in the sky so that they could continue to fight throughout the night. And it did. And it says, there has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then the kings, now their armies have been pushed away. So they go and hide in a cave. Joshua tells his soldiers to push 
push the rocks together so they can't get out. But before they kill those kings, they want to go finish the army. So they run after the army. They kill them. They come back to the kings. They kill them. And then they go on a campaign. And they take several cities. They take, I think, about five. More than five. But the chapter ends with, so Joshua subdued the whole region. Sorry, this is um, Joshua 10, 40 to 42. So Joshua subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes. Together with all their kings, he left no survivors. He totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua subdued them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the whole region of Gojin to Gibeon. All these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Obviously, within this chapter, we see a lot of provision from God. Also, I'm talking on provision of God. Sorry, I totally forgot that part. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) We see a lot of provision from God. Uh, We see the confusion, we see the hailstones, and we see the sun standing still. But we also see a lot more. Um, So provision is more than meets the eye. Some may say you need provision to see God's provision. Thank you. Thank you. So we don't see it just in the big things here. We see it in like the five kings. We see that all of these kings were brought together in one spot. They brought all their armies together in one spot, which in my mind, like wouldn't always be the smartest thing to do to have five kings together, but somehow the kings thought that was a great idea. And so they all got killed at one time. Um, we even, like, we can take it as far back as we want for God's provision. God provided Joshua as a military man. Uh, it provided, uh, Gibeon. Like, even though it was a bad thing that happened, he turned it good because it brought all those kings together. A domino effect can happen through God's provision, which we don't always take time to see. Um, it was even that they were scared of Israel because they had the power of God. Like in AI, they went for the first time and they didn't get it. But when they went with the power of God, they easily overtook. And so we can see in Joshua 10, I highlighted as much as I could the times that I saw that God provided. And there's at least seven or eight times, not including the hailstones, the confusion, and the sun standing still. But sometimes because that's so blatantly in front of us, we don't take the time to look deeper into what's really going on. Because provision is not just the big things, but it's the small things as well. God, the sun was already there. God provided the sun already. He provided it to stand still, but it was already there. He provided the five kings. He provided the energy for Israel to travel all throughout the night and then still have energy to fight. He turned a bad thing good, which was Gibeon and Joshua just neglecting God for a decision like that. And the fighters that he had, that was provision as well. 
each city that Israel destroyed, God provided that win for them. And it like says every single time in like the last bit of the chapter, it says that God, God was the one who, who defeated those towns. There's this song that I like to listen to. Uh, it's called Underground by Cody Fry. And I was watching him, how he produced it. So the song is about a subway, not the sandwich place, but the, the transportation. Um, but there's this one part where he talks about, um, he has, so it's like a full symphony. That's what he uses to produce his music. And there's a part where um, he wanted to make the trombone sound like a subway passing by. And I never noticed it before, but once I listened to the way he produced it, I now hear it every single time, and it's my favorite part of the song. Sometimes we choose to listen to the whole song instead of just picking out the certain parts that make it even better. <laughs> um, and it's become like one of my favorite songs. And I always like, if somebody was in the car with me and I was listening to that song, I would probably tell them to be quiet just so I could listen to that one part. That's how we need to look at our lives is we need to start picking out those smaller parts in them because they get so much better when we realize that God is in the small things, not just in the big things. God is providing for us every day. And we really need to believe that, not just in the big things. Sometimes we're so focused on our prayer to get the sun to stand still that we forget that we don't see what's right in front of us. We're so focused on fireworks happening in our lives instead of looking at the small things. The bare minimum that God gives us is his Holy Spirit. And that's more than any of us will ever be able to provide for anyone else. And that's a pretty big thing. Um, a few summers ago, I was having a really hard time. Mentally, it was probably the worst I've ever been. And my prayers were always that I wanted God to just like take me out of it. Um, my job was awful. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I didn't notice what God was providing for me that whole time, which was I had a friend who every single night we'd hang out, we'd go for like drives, we'd go to McDonald's, but I couldn't see that that's what God was providing for me to help me through the summer because I was so focused on, I wanted him to do something huge. But once I realized that, which was like literally this year, it became so much better that God was like, he wanted to be personal with me. He didn't want to just give me one big flashy thing, but he wanted to give me something in my everyday life. I need to believe that God provides in my everyday life because I'm graduating. And... <laughs> and once I leave here, life gets... A little bit more difficult. And so I need God to provide in the little things because that's where he needs to be. That's where I need him to be. Because 
The little day, the little things is where our life is. I want us to not take for granted what God has done for us and provided for us because we want to see those big things happen. Healing can be more than just someone like who has a broken foot, not having a broken foot. Healing is so much more than that. God providing for us is so much more than we can ever know. Like, I don't think we will ever be able to fully process what God provides for us. I'm sure that in the moment, Joshua and the Israelites did not realize what God was going to provide for them when they listened to him. And what, like, the energy that they needed, I'm sure in the moment they were like, whatever, we can travel through the night. But they didn't know that they were going to have to fight so many other cities afterwards. Provision is more than meets the eye. And sometimes it takes just a little bit longer to realize what it is. God is not always a flashy God, but he's more personal, careful, thoughtful, and he wants to be a part of our everyday lives. Maybe, I mean, I like to believe that he really does want to have a part in our lives, and they, that's why he's, he's inserted himself in those little things. So we can't really ever say that God isn't there because he provides for us all the time. So I just want to take just one minute, if that's okay, for you guys, also me, to think about how God has provided maybe in those things that you haven't seen yet. God fought for Israel, and God provided for Israel, even after all the wrong they had done. And they had done a lot of wrong. So God is providing for us, even when we do wrong. Because God's provision is for everyone. That's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> um, I just want us all to know, and I know I've literally said it so many times, but God is in our everyday lives and providing for us in the small things and in the big things. But sometimes it takes just a little longer for us to realize what those small things are. I'm going to pray to end us all. <laughs> God, thank you that you're in our everyday lives. And thank you that you're providing for us in even more ways than we could ever imagine or see. I pray that we'll be able to change our look and see where you are. 
and we'll take time to see the providence that you've given to us. You'll give us confidence that even when we do wrong, you're still there with us. That we'll take our eyes off of the fireworks and we'll see the seeds that you're planting and you're watering and caring and tending to in our lives. You want to be a part of our everyday lives and I pray that we'll truly believe that. In Jesus' name, amen.